All right. Listen, I have a question. What if Cam Newton's not good anymore? Will, I will fight you for that. No, statement. I'm just asking. I'm just asking a question. I'm just asking a question. Actually, There's no need to get so defensive. I'm just asking. No, Rhett, I think he's good. But what if he's not? It's just a question. <laughs> Rhett. Oh, wait, Artie? Wait, where did Will No, no, I kicked him. <laughs> yeah, he kicked him. <laughs> what up, guys? Welcome to episode 26 of the Brave Birds Pod. Hawks, oh, I, I, I hope they do what they did last year. We have the All-Star break coming up. Tonight's our last game. Uh, we got, before the All-Star break, we got the Magic right now. We are currently winning 54 to 36, 518 in the second. So doing, doing pretty well right now, but I hope we do what we did last year and just come out after the all-star break and just go on a tear and go like 23 and three. Cause I'm pretty sure we got 26 games after the all-star break, but yeah, we just haven't been playing well. Defense hasn't. Uh, we we like to play defense for a little bit, and then we just stop for a couple games. Um, we like to let the refs get into our heads, and we like to fight calls way too much, which is a huge reason why we lost to the Celtics. Nate McMillan was talking about it in his post conference when we lost to them. We lost one hundred five to ninety five. We were winning that whole game until like, or we were winning the first half. We dominated them. This third quarter is when we got screwed. We were outscored like 42 to 26, I think it was. And Nate McMillan was saying, yeah, we just let the refs get in our heads and we didn't play basketball. We just kept arguing with them. So we need to stop. We just let the refs be them and stop complaining to them about a foul. You can't overturn it. Just move on. But we got a good win on the uh, Cavs last night. Artie, I know you were there. How was it? It was a lot of fun. Um... I feel like it was one of the first games that I've been to that we actually competed defensively. And something that I feel like that we don't give enough credit to the Hawks for is how safe and how smart ball they play. Um, They don't have a ton of turnovers, at least lately. They haven't had as many turnovers. um, And they've been able to force more turnovers as well as compete on the glass, especially with Capella and Gallinari getting rebounds. Uh, but all around, it was a great defensive game, and I think that's why we were able to come out ahead. We also, I mean, it's it's great when you have Trey shooting 41 points and Gallinari 25 uh, and DeAndre Hunter going for 18. Like, when you have, when you have multiple players with multiple-digit points, it, it's way easy to keep a lead. It, it's way better than, you know, you see some teams and, like, the former Rockets where – everybody on their team would be at like 12 points and then only one player, James Harden would be at like 50. Like that, that's not how you win games. Yeah. John Collins is sadly out with hamstring right now. He's been out the past two games. Um, Hopefully he'll be back after the all-star game, all-star break, but I'm glad the game was good last night. I'm glad you had fun at it. Um, But yeah, we or hopefully we can end the first. Well, I guess the, second quarter of the season or the third quarter of the season well with these We're two going wins to have to pull off a of Braves if 
the way we want the Hawks to make it. Well, we just need to do what we did last year and have a freaking do win. Win after the All-Star break. It's exactly what happened last year when we hired Nate McMillan right after the All-Star break. We went on a tear. We won like 24 of 26 games or something like that. Yeah, so, and I, I get I get that, but like that's what we're asking for. We're asking for another Atlanta miracle in order to make this happen. Yeah, so let's hope they can get it. We'll see if they can. Otherwise, we'll look on to next year. But still got plenty of season. Um, I think we're right at the cutoff line for playoffs. We are third in the Southeast Division right now behind the uh, behind the Charlotte Hornets. So three games back. Hopefully we can get go on a little win streak and get ahead of them and, and hopefully end second in the Southeast because I don't think we'll catch Miami. They're, 30, they're 10 games above, ahead of us. Uh, I think we have a shot. Yes, yes. I, 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 I think, I think if we play more consistent in the second half of the season, I think we'll be good. The East, I feel like the East is far more deep yeah. than the West, but the best teams are currently in the West. But I feel I that. agree. And like I feel like if we look at like the best teams in the league, you're probably looking at, you know, the Suns and the Warriors are probably the best two on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the East, you know, we don't know what the Sixers are going to look like yet. The Celtics, you know, in a seven game series could probably play with most teams. The Bucks are still a threat after winning last year. The Hawks are good. Yep. Um, the Cavs are good. There's just a lot, a lot of teams that could end up in that championship for the East as well as end up in the actual NBA championship because there's a lot of good teams, no outstanding teams right now. Especially right now, just as the, the free trade, the, the free agent, or the, the I should say like the trade deadlines passed, um, let's talk about some of those teams that, that it's kind of questioners, kind of up in the air. I want to say that there was two main trades already that that went down. There's three that comes to mind, but like the two biggest would be between Portland and New Orleans, and then between Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Yeah. So, Will, break down that uh the New Orleans trade. Yeah. So the Pelicans and the Trailblazers did a. I think it was a. Uh, three-person trade. It was a three-person trade. I'm not okay. going to get too like lost in the, the picks that went with it. New Orleans got C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell from the Blazers. Uh, and they sent Josh Hart, uh, Tomas Satorsky, Nikhil Walker-Alexander, D.D. Luzonda, and a protected first-round pick and two second-round picks. Yeah. So, so, I, so basically, I think, they, yeah, I, yeah, like it's it's so it was a three to four man trade for both teams, which and and then also the it looks like the um <clears throat> the the picks too go to Portland, but it's kind of like the one of the first times that we see the dynamic duo of 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 the Trailblazers get split up with um CJ McCollum playing for another team because it's kind of it's kind of always been Damian Lillard and CJ running the show in Portland and they've led that team multiple times to the playoffs. Yep. And so, so now we're, we're going to see how the trailblazers, um, perform with Josh Hart and Sadoransky now in there. Uh, 
Nikhil Alexander Walker and D. Luzad, I don't really, I, I, I mean, they'll make an impact. They'll come off the bench. That's good. But I think Josh Hart and Sadoransky will probably start um, from the get go. Whereas I know that the Pels are excited, you know, to get CJ McCollum. He's, like I said, he's been performing at the top of the league uh, right next to Damian Lillard. And those two have, yeah, kind of been the flagship for the Trailblazers. So, you know, sad to see the duo broken up for, for, for Portland, but I think that the Pels are, are in a good place for next year once Zion Williamson becomes healthy. Yeah, because for right now, it, it's you still have a chance with yeah. um, him and Ingram. And Nance actually can play a lot of different places and be utilized in a bunch of different ways. He's not going to win you a game, but he's very versatile. Um. I think that it's going to be an interesting one. I, I agree. They may have to wait until Zion's back to really see what what they fully get, mm-hmm. what the Pelicans fully get out of it. But I do think it is a better trade on their half than it is for Portland. I, I'm worried Portland's selling and they're going to be wasting another one of, uh, you know, uh, another one of Damian Lillard's best years. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is that Damian Lillard's injured right now. So maybe Portland saw this as a buying opportunity. Maybe they said it was time, you know, get the most out of this season while you can and help help prepare for the future. Because Lillard's not – CJ McCollum by himself with the current squad, the Trailblazers not leading the playoffs. And the Pelicans were desperate to find some sort of replacement for Zion because Zion is just injury-prone as of late. Um, but yeah, so Artie, why don't you go ahead? Do you want to tackle the uh, 76ers Nets trade? Probably the one that's made the most headlines. Um, so to summarize the Nets Philadelphia trade, um, the Nets end up with Seth Curry, um, Steph's younger brother, uh, Ben Simmons, and Andre Drum- Drummond, all three players that can play multiple different roles. You have a fantastic defensive player in Drummond, Ben Simmons. Great shooter, and we don't really know what he can be yet, possibly in a system and with a coach that he finds more motivating. Um, And Seth Curry, not as good as Steph all around, but still a huge threat and has been in key roles and key matchups. Very good defensive player um, and able to shoot from pretty much anywhere on the court uh, when he's feeling it. Uh, And all of that for James Harden and Paul Millsaps uh, in two first-round picks. So, Zach, you think that the Nets won this trade deadline? Oh, most definitely. Seth Curry is an insane three-point shooter. So, yeah, okay. James Harden's a little bit better than him, but James Harden is also injury-prone. So they don't even know how long they could use him for the season. And James Harden doesn't play defense. Yeah. That's, and yeah, Seth Curry yeah, that's actually which, tries. as we know, is my biggest beef with a lot of players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Okay. Ben Simmons, I think he's going to – I think the, the Philadelphia just was not a good fit for him. There was lots of beef yeah. between them all, as everybody knows. Ever since that, that one play against us, thankfully it was against us, he had one bad play that probably would have swung the game and for them. Everybody just tore him down, and he just did not come back from it. So I think with new scenery, new team, I think he'll come back. He is insanely good at defense – he just needs to get that confidence back to shoot the ball and th- their money with Ke- they have Kevin Durant backing them up. Um, yeah. And um, Griffin under the basket um, with them. 
Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Kyrie for away games. And then Kyrie, they do. They have yeah. Kyrie for away Kyrie's games. going to be able to play in most, like, only what, missed two uh, postseason games. Yeah. At, at, so, the, at the most, like two per per uh, per series. So, right. yeah, I easily think the Nets won because, I mean, James Harden for Seth, Ben, and Andre. Paul Millsaps wasn't doing much. He hasn't done much since he was with us. I mean, he's still pretty good, but he's not standout. So, right. So I, I'll say that, you know, this is just, I mean, this is my opinion. This is our podcast. My opinion is that if Ben Simmons was, you know, he's, he, he didn't play for the 76ers because he just felt like he wasn't in the right mental space and he didn't, and he was, you know, suffering from mental illness. If, if it seems like he is bouncing back a lot quicker to play for the Nets. And personally, if he, if it's coming out that it's fake, I think that's scummy. I think that's a disrespectful to people that actually suffer from mental illness. Um, you know, if, if, listen, if it's true, then good for him. Glad that he's better, but I just have to, that's my, I have to plug in my two cents, which is that, you know, if that is false or if that's, that's a false claim, I, I just don't, appro- I don't approve of that at all. But I think, I, I think that's also making some assumption that like for a lot of people changing a big situation where you're living, who you're around can have a yeah. huge impact on somebody's mental state especially if they're getting to a point where they're finding positivity in their lives and they can get to a place where they're like, okay, now this is my chance to prove myself and feel better again. Exactly. I I don't think it probably helps that, that the entire city of Philadelphia turned against him. Um, That being said, I, I think that the nets will be able to use him a lot better. It looks like hard. You know, I saw reports that Harden and Durant didn't see eye to eye on ways, um, to run the offense they just didn't agree on offensive play calling styles and so or offensive play styles and so yeah maybe maybe it is that this is a good trade this might be a good trade for both teams harden could come into the 76ers and he and joel and b could take the 76ers to the playoffs no question about it mm-hmm. um, a lot of people it's there's a lot of que- yeah there's a lot of questions though to still be answered yeah a lot of people were saying that um james harden is a great pair with uh with Joel. So we'll see how that is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and there, I mean, there's a lot of risk involved too, because, mm-hmm. you know, Harden's in his thirties, like he could get injured that, you know, that's just the realization that maybe he isn't the Harden that he once was when he was on the Rockets yeah. um, or, or the Harden that he was when he was shining on the net. So yeah, a lot of questions to be answered, but uh, just an incredible trade making headlines for both teams. Wasn't there a Porzinga trade? Kristaps Porzingis? Yeah. Didn't he yeah. get traded? Uh, yeah. So the Mavericks traded Kristaps uh, Porzingis and a second round pick to the Washington Wizards for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Yep. So huh. they, the, um, Dallas is trying to build completely around Luka now. They aren't worrying wow. about like another a second superstar with them. So. Luka Doncic, wherever he wants to go, that's where the Mavs are going. And I mean, he is their best player, but I mean, Kristaps is a far. He he's an all star. He's he's fantastic. He's a great defensive player, but I feel like they there are. My guess is more than likely they are utilizing this to free up cap space because Porzingis is expensive. 
Yep. Yeah, that's what I think too. And because Luka's getting it's very expensive as well. There, there's a in the draft, deal. Maybe grab somebody in free agency. Yeah, they they have options. No, I I was thinking the same thing. Just because Porzingis hasn't he's performed like he hasn't been bad over the season for the Mavs. So I don't know. I don't. I I mean, if you if you asked me, I wouldn't have said that Spencer Dinwiddie or Davis Bertans was the answer for the Ma- the Mavericks. But yeah, that I mean. Now that I'm reading through the deal, he's got two seasons remaining on a five-year, $158 million contract. So, already, I think you hit it on the head. Yep. Guess how tall Persingas is? 7'3". Uh, 7'2". Seven, 7'3", well, was right. Aha! That man is a monster. Dude's tall. Yeah. It's just like uh, Rhett's... Uh, Rhett's... Um, Auburn, Auburn center. He's seven one. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll speaking, get into him in a minute. Speaking of it, Rhett, go ahead and take us into college basketball. Okay, college basketball. New ranking this week. Gonzaga number one. Um, they'll probably remain number one throughout the rest of the season because they play high school teams. They play in high school gymnasiums on away games, so they'll remain number one. Auburn number two. Arizona three. Kentucky moved up to four, but they lost last night pretty big to Tennessee, so they're going to be fall. Then we have Purdue at five, and then some of our other random teams that we've assigned ourselves is Baylor seven, Duke nine, Villanova 10, UCLA 13, Ohio State 18, and Michigan State 19. All right, I'm going to break in real quick. Um, I am... I, I, I don't know why I chose Gonzaga for one of my four teams. I mean, I'm going to cheer them on because I chose them. But they're boring. They should not be number one. They don't have a good strength of schedule at all. Auburn should be number one. Gonzaga should be like three or four. Yep. That's my rant about them. We agree. You can, and <laughs> you can go if on. you want to go into it more, we both have two losses, but they lost to Alabama, who we beat twice. We scored yeah. 100 on Alabama, and they lost to them at a neutral site. But anyways, uh, I have some feelings on that one. Um, jumping right into my teams, we had, or I had Duke last week beat Boston College in Wake Forest. Coach K had to leave the Wake Forest game during the second half during, or due to an illness, but he's okay. It's not COVID related. It's just a side illness. And they play FSU in Virginia this coming week. Villanova beat Seton Hall. Sad, two of my teams played each other. And then they had a really big win against number eight Providence last night. Um, this coming week, they play Georgetown and UConn before they play, play Providence again next week. And if they beat Providence again, they are tied for the Big East regular season title. So that would be great. Um, Seton Hall beat number 25, Xavier, and then lost to number 10, Villanova. And they have UConn and DePaul this coming week. Um, my last team, Auburn, we finally lost. We lost to Arkansas, breaking a 19-game win streak. We lost in overtime. Should have never gone to overtime. One of our players shot a really stupid three that could have won the game mm-hmm. um, as the time expired. Um, but then we came back to destroy Texas A&M by 17 points. This coming week, we play Vandy in Florida. The Vandy results will already be out by the time this podcast comes out, but we should dominate both of these teams. The only real challenging team like obviously anything can happen it's college basketball the only ranked opponent we have left is at tennessee which after last night 
can be kind of scary because Tennessee, Tennessee absolutely dismantled Kentucky last night. Yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee, right? You and I watched that game together, and I told score? you Tennessee's a problem. Uh, I can pull it up, but they were up by twenty points at one point. They won by like fifteen to twenty. Oh yeah, my Brett Lord, and I watched that game together, and it, I I was just like, right, you Tennessee is going to be a problem. Like they're they they look good enough to go far in the tournament. Hey, that yeah, makes... they were they were having really good uh screen plays to make wide open threes, and all of their threes were falling. Dude, that like... makes me feel happy though because Mississippi State. We'll get to it, but they only lost by nine to Tennessee. Yeah, so that um, makes Tennessee's good. <laughs> a really good team, but they have lost a few games. But when Tennessee shows up with their A game, they could beat just about anyone in college basketball, and yeah. we have to play there. So that'll be a hard game for Auburn coming two weeks from now. Yep, I am. Um, Rhett, uh, you're going to be happy with my my take right here. I'm all in on Auburn this year. I oh, been, I am. Too. I have been rooting them on mm-hmm. every game. Already said it, except when they played so, Mississippi State, of course. But I think Walker watch. Kessler deserves Defensive Player of the Year. Oh yeah, he's doing he is, so well. He has the most, blo- or he has the highest block efficiency in the last ten years over Anthony Davis, who had godlike block proficiency. He has, it's almost 150 blocks. He's going to shatter the Auburn record. Has a chance to get close to the NCAA record. He had a triple double with like 19 rebounds and 11 blocks, and then like 12 points the other night. That is wild. 19 rebounds, 11 blocks. Like he's blocking everything. Dude, that's a great double double to have. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, that's so uh, it's unusual. That's that cool. <laughs> and I mean, we just play him. He, he he's a monster. He sits. He yeah, also like literally. he comes out from under the goal. He does have a lot of alley oops, but he screens for us all game long and. People run into a brick wall. Yeah, and the reason y'all lost to Arkansas was because he fouled out. They called a stupid foul on the last play, and he got a foul out when it wasn't a foul. He gets bad calls all the time, but that goes into my bias against refs that lead me <laughs> to want to fight them. But we won't get into that anymore. Nope, um, Artie, let's go straight into your teams. Yeah, so I'm looking at, um, you know, not as good, uh, not as good of a situation as you, Rhett, but not hurting too bad. Uh Numbers Baylor moved up a spot to number seven. They're currently sitting at twenty-one and four. Uh, they have won, they've won two games in a row in the Big Twelve against Kansas State and against number twenty Texas. So that's a big win right there against another team that they'll have to uh, beat to win the Big Twelve. Uh, they are currently playing against Texas Tech. It's pretty early on, unfortunately. Tuchamwa, uh, Tatua. Um, is having knee surgery or just had knee surgery on multiple ligaments in his knee. Uh, That's a big, uh, that's going to be a a tough one for us on defense, uh, especially with rebounds. He has our highest rebound and block totals for the whole team. Um, So that's a big loss right there. Uh, Xavier, they're sitting at 17 and seven. They just got bumped from the rankings, unfortunately, after losses to DePaul. Since the loss to Seton Hall, though, uh, they did just beat number 24, UConn, and they're currently playing against St. John's. Uh, so that should hopefully be another big win. Ohio State is sitting right at that 18 spot. They've been floating pretty much between in that you know 15 to 18 range for a while now. Uh, they're currently fourth in the Big Ten, and they've got two recent big wins against Michigan and Minnesota. Unfortunately, those two teams aren't ranked, so it doesn't super boost the rankings for Ohio State. But anytime that you can beat Michigan 
It's fantastic. That stupid team up north. Uh, VCU, though, my last team, also sitting at 17-7, and seven, like Xavier. They're on a four-game win streak, and they've got a big, big game against A-10 rival Richmond on Friday. That's the crosstown rivalry. Both schools are super close. Both schools are in and near downtown Richmond, so that's a huge game. Uh, really looking forward to that one. Um, Alex has family as well. She went to VCU, and she has family that went to Richmond, so it's a big game uh, for her side of the family as well. Rhett, what do you have? Or sorry, Zach, what do you have? No, Will. <laughs> Will. Will. Okay, cut that then. No, okay. keep it in. Will, what do you have for your teams this week? Thank you. Michigan State, we'll start here. Uh, they're up and down. And I don't I don't know if they're ranked anymore. Um, right, you already 19. went through the ranks, right? Yeah, so they they fell but to they've 19. they've lost since that ranking came out. Right. So they lost to Wisconsin. They beat Indiana. So they split. I'd say Indiana's one of the top teams, but I mean, like, you can't sleep on Wisconsin either. Honestly, all of the Big Ten is good. But then they lose to Penn State, and Penn State's not very good in basketball. So that loss is going to hurt a lot. Very likely that this is the the domino that that finally falls to push them out of the rankings. We'll see, though, because they do play Illinois in a couple of days on uh, Saturday, and then they're going to play Iowa early next week on the 22nd. Um, so, I mean, you would just expect better from Coach Izzo, and I'm sure that, like, if they if they can make it to the tournament, they'll make a run. They're definitely no, they're nowhere near out of the conversation for it, but you're looking at, like, possibly a 7 or a 10 seed right now. Somewhere in that range is what I'd say. <clears throat> no way that they get higher than seven. Just no no chance. UNC, though, beat Clemson at Clemson. Uh, 79-77, so that's great. Then beat Florida State, whooped them at home, 94-74. Real high-scoring game, no defense in either of those. They're playing Pitt tonight, and then they're going to play at VT this coming weekend. So uh, I think if UNC can beat both of those teams so they can beat Pitt and they can beat they beat Virginia Tech then they will make a great argument for being the second best team in the ACC right behind Duke um, but Duke is just the the, the Kraken you've got to slay if you want you want to take the the crown of ACC basketball now moving on to St. Bonnie's so St. Bonnie's is actually picking up too. Um, we were talking Artie and I were talking a couple weeks ago about how the A-10 it, it's kind of up in the air and now we're starting to see the the top half and the bottom half perform better and and sort of sift out, you know, who who's the real deal, who's not. So St. Bonnie's is on a three-game win streak. They won uh they won against Fordham. Yeah, beat Fordham at home last week 76-51. That's expected. Then they win at St. Louis on Friday. 68 to 61 and then they just beat st louis on valentine's day back at home 83 79 uh they were down at halftime umass they're currently winning in the second half you guys know the results though when that game is finished and when this podcast drops so with that i'll pass it to mississippi state and ziggy all right well we are playing bama right now and it's 47 to 47 14 minutes left in the half in the second half so in the game so, in the game, <laughs> doing pretty well there. But otherwise, we haven't been doing well. We are on. We've lost, went on a three-game losing streak, losing to Arkansas, sixty-three fifty-five, 
but I'm not too terribly mad about losing to them because they beat Auburn. So that just makes us look a little better. Uh, we then lost to Tennessee 72-63, but Tennessee just destroyed Kentucky. So I feel better about losing to them nine, like I already explained earlier. And then LSU 69 to 65, so close to beating them. That was kind of damper because LSU is also falling off in the SEC. Who knows? We're still projected to get in the tourney, luckily, uh, but we're the first four out. So we'll see what happens as the rest of these games continue. Um, we got Mizzou for our next two games. Uh, we got them home and then away two games in a row, which is interesting, but it's a cool little series to have. And then hopefully we can beat them. And then we got USC after them and we already beat them uh right before that arkansas game we beat usc so we'll see how that goes but moving on to another team that is falling off a little bit ucla they are one in three in their last four games they beat stanford lost to usc and then last week when they lost arizona and arizona state they got washington this weekend in arizona state so hopefully they can uh, get that revenge on Arizona State. Dude, I'm just going to say it. I think that UCLA are frauds. Yeah, yeah, they're ranked number 13 now, and they used to be up there in top five. I, like, I just – I don't think that they sh- – I don't think they should be ranked in the top 10. So I'm comfortable with a 13 ranking. I mean, they're just – How they've been they, playing, they, I completely agree. Yeah, I just don't think that they're near the, the team that made the Final Four run last year. No, no especially after losing to Arizona and Arizona state when they handled yeah. Arizona so easily in the first game, like, well, but this one, I mean, but they lost at Arizona state in overtime. Yeah. So like you can't, you know, you can't take that away from them, but also like Arizona is a solid number three. If anything, I think they should be number two could possibly make a case for number one, but Auburn would have to lose in the near future. And I don't see that happening. Then I got Syracuse, which is actually doing pretty well. They're on a three-game win streak right now, or they've at least won three of the last four. Um, yeah, yeah, never mind, because they lost to Virginia Tech the other day, 71-59. to So they then got Boston College and Georgia Tech and Notre Dame on their next three games. So if we can take a game from, well, hopefully we can get them all. That would be huge. And then we got Duke on Wednesday. Now that game, we're going to get blown out again. But I believe in them. Maybe we can do something. But, yeah, that's it for my teams. I think that does it for college basketball. Rutger has now won four in a row against, and all four were against ranked teams. They just beat Illinois. Let's move uh, yeah. on. One thing with the Falcons, um, we released Dante Fowler. Released him after two years. We picked him up in 2020, so we had him for the lame season and then this season this season he had 31 tackles 16 of them were solo four and a half sacks three fumbles forced i don't know the specific reasons of why we released him or if we just aren't signing him for from free agency and also before we get on to super bowl 56 let's talk about the coaching carousel i know this is one of rhett's favorite subjects i love it but we got jags Let's start out with them. They got Doug Peterson, the formal former Eagles head coach. Um, did the head co- did Eagles fire him or 
Yeah. I okay. think so. I didn't know if they fired him or if the, it was the end of his contract and they just parted ways. Then we got the Bears, got Matt Eberflus from uh, the defensive coordinator from the Colts. Colts did pretty well in the second half of the season. Their defense wasn't too bad, so I'm excited to see how he does, especially Dude, since the Bears need better defense. I was going to say, Colts coaching. defense has been such money for me in, in fantasy. It's one of my favorite pickups is the Colts D. Dude, are you going to start trying to pick up the Bears D now since he's there? No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's not I need to see results first and then like yep. at least but, but, but at that yeah, but at that point I'm sure that somebody else will grab the Bears. But like I draft the Colts defense when I can. Mm-hmm. And so I it it's it's going to be like I'd have to be in a giant league in order to draft the uh the Bears defense. Mm-hmm. And then we get the Texans. Got Lovey Smith. I like him. I like him. He is yeah. the former head coach from Chicago and Tampa Bay. Yeah. I still I still like him. So I know it's been a while. I definitely remember us already talking about him and Everflus on a previous podcast, but I, I think they're both great hires. And I think Lovey Smith is is deserving of the job for cer- for certain. You know, I agree. I think he did He's done a really good job. He deserves it. I'm interested to see how, what he'll do with the dumpster fire that is the Texans. <laughs> yeah, and here uh, talks about Deshaun being traded this uh, in this free agency period. I mean, yeah, but we've been hearing that. Like, like but now, now that here? it's the actual end of the season, and aren't these um, a lot of these allegations getting thrown out because the girl like admitted? Which one? That didn't happen. 20, I don't know. I thought there was a couple. There were 22 no, of them. There's 22 current cases, and a lot of them are going into the next stages of trial uh, this summer. Okay. Yeah, so, I so, thought a couple so, of them took it say, off. Some of them might have gotten thrown out. Like, I actually yeah. don't know, Zach. But so, so, so now you, refer, like, you rebrand it. It's not Deshaun Watson has 20 plus cases. It's there's an NFL quarterback with, let's just cut the number in half. Let's say that they're, I don't know, I think it was over 20. So let's just say, let's round up. Deshaun Watson is an NFL quarterback who's looking to be traded with 11 open sexual harassment cases. Who's going to invest a lot in a guy that you don't even know until he gets cleared? The moment he gets cleared, right. I could see a team trading right. for him instantly. But why would you risk, because it will take first round draft picks, why would you risk those draft picks on someone you might never see play? Yeah, true. And a cap hit. Yeah. yeah. Yep, a lot of people are struggling with the cap. Let's move on to the Vikings. They got Kevin O'Connell, the offensive coordinator from the Rams. I like it. That's a that's a good. That is a spicy pickup. <laughs> yep. <laughs> coming off coming off the red hot season that the Rams just had, I mean that's that's a that's a good. I really like that pickup for Same. for the Vikings. I'm scared of the like, Vikings. Yeah, I'm not a Vikings fan. I don't have any, you know, I don't have any skin in the game. I'm a, I'm a Bears fan just by like transitive property since Justin Fields is from Kennesaw. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that's gonna make them like actually stand a chance, or at least uh, that's gonna make them an actual opponent. Let's move on to the Super Bowl now, Artie. Oh, fantastic game! Heartbreaker as a Bengals fan. But as I've been saying all year, the Rams were the best team in football. So it, it, if I'm going to lose, I'd rather lose being right. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's just one of those things that you, you no kidding, you were your own downfall. How? The you offensive wouldn't have line. Won 
Yeah, they wouldn't have won it without you, Artie. Yeah, you cheered them on. The two teams you cheered on. Ending support. Yeah, but, you know, it's fine. Aaron Donald was offside. It's not fine. You spoke into existence. It's entirely your fault. I don't think so, man. Hey, man, I'm just saying, you spoke into existence. You know, if you hadn't been such a a Rams Uh, fan. But, yeah, that game was so good. Aaron Donald. Donald? Donald? Donald. Aaron Donald. Donald. Aaron Donald. You also just announced or during the parade, him and McVay both said, let's run it back. So that probably so, means yeah, he's not retiring. Like he said, he might, he might retire if he was going to win or if they get the win. But I bet you the reason he's not retiring is because that very last play, Sean McVay went up to him and was like, you're going to make a big play right here. You're going to get it. That is not what happened. Yes, Aaron it is. Donald was no, it's not. Aaron Donald was on the field. He right. was the coach that, said it to other people. He yeah, said Donald's going to make a play now. He didn't say it yeah. to Donald. I have some thoughts. Eli Apple is uh, not very good. Here's going to be here's here's my thoughts on the Bengals. I think they got this far based off of a will to win, a lot of luck. And a lot of skill. Like, you don't get to the Super Bowl without being really good. But I feel like they matched up really well to a lot of the teams yeah. that they played against. Definitely. Um, and they showed up in big moments. And it helps that they had one of the best kickers in the league. Oh, yeah. Uh, and obviously, Joe Burrow's leadership and confidence is top-notch. So we'll give them all the credit that's due there. But there's a couple major things they need to address. They need a new corner. Because yes. Eli Apple is not a starter that you can put on somebody like a Cooper Cup and say, hey, go guard him and not let him get the ball. Because uh, he's not bad, but he's not the best. On the other side of that, they need to address the offensive line. Yes. More than anything. He is, Joe Burrow he, he the 70 times. Yeah, he got tied. He tied the record in Super Bowl sacks too at seven, which is in, it, it, which is insane. So yeah, if y'all fix that offensive line, I think y'all easily have that win. Especially that last yeah. play where he did get sacked. If he had a second longer, Jamar Chase was wide open downfield because um. Well, yeah. Ramsey. Trips. I mean, yeah, but yeah, but he, Aaron Donald was offside. But that's the thing is that this is also the Super Bowl. Like you can call it both ways, and the refs just the refs chose to let them play until the last minute and a half. They they got away with the clear the clear pat, offensive pass interference on that Tyler Boyd touchdown or the T Higgins touchdown. Sorry. I disagree with that, but okay. No, I mean if you watch the play, he pulls him. He just pulls him. But the point is that the refs decided to leave their flags in their pocket until the last minute and a half, and so they they called the rest of that last minute and a half very differently than I called the rest of the game. The last minute and a half, they called everything for the Rams and nothing against. I mean, you've also got the what third and goal where the, the multiple, I think both the Rams tackles jump off sides. Yeah. And they don't call that. And that ends up with a holding call against Mm -hmm. the Bengals, which gives them a new set of downs. And then you have Aaron Donald off sides. Like the last minute and a half of the game, there were four 50, 50 calls that went towards the Rams and every call that would have gone towards the Bengals. They ignored but re- that just builds up on your uh, the refs. refs. Suck. <laughs> but update on the Hawks: we're up 104-82 at the end of the third. Very nice. Update on Mississippi State: I'm very nervous. Besides that, or including that game, 
I have a question. Have y'all is this like the best postseason y'all have ever like seen? With pretty much every game coming down to Honestly, one score to last play. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty yeah. dang good. Oh yeah. Like oh, I, yeah. I think every I'm pretty sure every game after the wild card was a one play, one possession game. This was the closest postseason or postseason I've ever seen. Like literally any of these teams that were left of the last four teams, I could have easily seen winning it. All of them had a shot late in the games. Even before that, like all the games were close. There was no one dominant team that was just running away with everything. Yeah. If you told me that like, the Bengals were going to win at Tennessee and the Tennessee the Titans had a healthy Aaron Henry, I would have said no way. Never Same. bet on someone right when they come back from an injury. But yeah, I thought that was the best postseason I've ever seen. But Artie, congrats to your Rams. You were right there. We're the best team in the league. Sorry, your Bengals had to lose to them. But that does it for episode 26. Still not the best team in the league. Go Cardinals. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Uh, what, 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 what is happening with him, with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals right now? He's just so upset. Kyler Murray took off all of the Cardinals photos from his Instagram, and the Cardinals Instagram retaliated by taking off all their photos that weren't Kyler Murray. But... Apparently, it stems from Kyler Murray felt like after they lost, some of the blame was shifted on him, and he was upset about that. And that was—I don't know if that'll leave him to leave the team or anything, but that's what I heard was going on. I—I I think that I think that you know you can't. You're the quarterback, so you the the blame like the if the the if the fame is deserved, the blame is too. So whenever a team loses, it's because the quarterback. So Patrick Mahomes in the last Super Bowl no. did not do everything he possibly could. No, but if you have a problem with sharing the spotlight and the criticism, then you shouldn't be the quarterback. It comes down to as simple as that. Because you touch the ball the most, people will find it. You know, they'll be able to because you touch the ball down uh, the the most. You interact the plays. You're considered the head of the offense. Like people will find a way to critique that and basically blame you, or 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 say, oh well, you know, if he had done this differently, if 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 Kyler Murray had played this much better, like that. That's what I'm saying is like, if you want to, if you want the credit, then you deserve to share some of the blame. I I, I don't think I need to expand on it. I think it's just as simple as that. Sorry, I'm no, I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, but if he's unhappy there, he can come to the Falcon. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'd be fine fine. With that, because I, like I, he'd be, I, he yeah. has the mobility that the offensive line. Yes, it still sucks, but mm-hmm. he's going to be able to do more with that than Matt Ryan. Yeah, and he's going to enter D Hop. Don't know what you know if he'll be at 100 percent when he comes back. Just saying, Kyler Murray can come with him. Yeah. We can get them both. We'll send we'll send Ridley over there. I don't know. I'm kind of excited for Ridley to come back. He's already said he doesn't want to come back, though. But if he does, I'm excited. But if he doesn't, I'm also excited for what we might get in, in exchange. We got to do it fast. He has one year left on his rookie contract. If we don't trade him this offseason, he's not going to resign with us and we lose all that value. We have to trade Ridley. He doesn't want to be here. Aaron Donald was offsides. I just want everybody to know that. 
There's so many different. Yeah, it uh, was. Like, yes, he was. Aaron Donald so was offsides. Aaron Donald was offsides, and their entire offensive line, but the center had a fault start on a play that the Bengals got a penalty on in the last second. 